0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on the City of Hope Church podcast. This is the beginning of a brand new series of our 2024 uh, small group um, podcast episodes. This semester, we're going to be talking about and going through a book called Practicing the Way by John Mark Comer. And um, if you're familiar with uh, the podcast and the books, we're going to break this book up. Each week into different sections Um, Today we're going to be covering essentially the introduction through page 13 And so yeah we just invite you um, to to join us as we do so My name is Jeremy Baker and with me is lead pastor at the church Clay Bishop I know a lot of folks that are listening to this are our members But there may be some folks that uh, don't go to our church or listening uh, in other parts of the world, and so if you um, are here and you've discovered our podcast, we'd just like to welcome you and say thanks for hanging out, and we invite you into this journey uh, with us. Clay, how you doing, pal? Doing good, buddy. Good to be here. Good. It's it's good. We, we've t- we took a break for a semester in doing the podcast, um, but it's something that we enjoy doing and that our people love as well, and so we're excited to get back and, and start. Amen. You want to just
1: dive right into it? Yeah, we'll dive right into it. What what, uh, what section were we going to be in here this? The yeah, beginning?
0: so the introduction, um, basically it starts with uh, the introduction. It's called Dust, and we're going to be going through page 13. Now, if you have the book here, you can see the difference. Um, it's kind of divided up, and we're going to be covering up until um, – we're gonna get, We're gonna go through disciple as a noun, not a verb. And so next week we'll start fresh with Are you a Christian or an apprentice? Uh, so again, we're gonna be going page through page thirteen today. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this whole idea of dust I thought was really interesting because um, primarily he talks about a, a couple different things in here, but we live in a world where. Um, the culture is, I mean, you hear it all the time of like, you know, you do you, be true to yourself, um, follow your own agenda, um, as if we are, you know, kind of, in his terminology, um, free thinkers, and we can do things on our own and just be our genuine, true selves, but the reality is not that at all, and he makes a statement in here, you know, the world really has no free thinkers, and really the point is that we're all disciples, yeah uh, we're all following somebody or something regardless of of what that is that's the the question and so um it's not so much a, a matter of are we a disciple because we're all essentially disciples
1: yeah and i i think that's important which the thing that he's going to lay out in this book um and he's a, he's a great bible teacher this guy uh but what he's going to lay out is Primarily the fact that, you know, in, in Christian American, American Christian culture, obviously you don't you don't really recognize that. I think we, we believe kind of the American gospel that, you know, you go to church, you say a prayer, you get saved, and then when you get saved, you know, you just sort of basically become a, a church goer. Maybe you read the Bible some, maybe you pray some to ask God to give you something you want, but... But, but really, you're still being led by, discipled by, and conformed to culture and by culture. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you're very much like the world. The practices of your life are very much like the world. And as far as the practices of Jesus and his disciples it, that you find in Scripture, those things are kind of radical and almost like a mythological story that we don't necessarily need to tap into because that's something that they did. But ultimately, just Jesus saved us, thank God, and now we get to go to heaven when we die, but we're gonna be discipled by American culture. Yeah. And uh and and you know, it's interesting. Uh that's that's one of the things that that he says, you know, he quotes uh Tish Harrison Warren saying that none of us comes to be what we believe by ourselves. The world has no free thinkers. Mm-hmm. And I've heard so many times people say this, like even even people who attend church, like I've heard parents that, that attend church say things like Uh, well, you know, we don't really want to push this on our kids or we don't want to indoctrinate our children. We want them to be able to decide for themselves. And you don't realize it, but what you're actually saying is, is we want to not teach and disciple our children in the way of Jesus. We actually want to allow the world to conform them and then them somehow, possibly, Break out from that pressure because if you don't indoctrinate your children, so to speak, see that 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 word, uh, Satan has somehow made it uh, put a negative connotation on it. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is if there is truth. And you believe there to be truth, then absolutely you want to teach that to your children, and that in itself is 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 basically indoctrination. Yeah. You are pumping the truth into your children so that they establish a worldview that's gonna make them flourish in this world. And if yeah. you say, Well, I just want them to decide for this themselves, you know, if, if, if this Jesus thing is true or not, well, guess what? Satan will gladly disciple your children through their telephones and Disney and every other thing that they put in front of them, there are no free thinkers. Everybody is being discipled by someone. There's just too much content. There's too much influence. And there's too much conformity and pressure in our world to not become and be becoming something. You're yeah. becoming something. And and if you just say, okay, well, I'm not going to put any pressure on it, guess what? The world around you day by day is slowly going to conform you. And yeah. that, and that's kind of really all that there is to it. So, um, you know, he, he talks about cultural liturgies that indoctrinate us daily. Which you mentioned some of those things. Be true to yourself. You do. You speak your truth, or that's your truth, and that's kind of uh, the the dogma of of secularism. But all of that secularism is being promoted at a constant rate, and oftentimes, uh, you know, with um, I don't want to push too too heavy, but but oftentimes, you know, with 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 uh, Disney, it's not just even secularism; it's it's uh, it's alternative forms of spirituality. Mm. Uh, they they push alternative forms of spir- spirituality constantly, but yeah. but never Christ. Um, and then and then that's for your children, and and then of course just corporate media essentially pushes the dogma of secularism: your own truth, you choose. There's many ways to God, etc., or whatever. Uh, everybody has their own truth. That's that's kind of more it. But we're all, whether we like it or not, kind of been formed by that. And a lot of people who come to church will will claim Christianity, but actually their day to day lives, they're they're essentially secularists. Yeah. They still, at the core themselves, don't believe the gospel is important enough to actually share it with somebody else so that they can experience salvation. They just think it's something that they do to make them feel better about themselves during the week. Yeah. Have we come out too hot right out of the gate here?
0: <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's really good, man. Honestly, yeah. and and honestly, this this is a conversation we've been having for yeah uh, quite some time, and and I'm excited about the book because it it's touching on the, the truth that you know you've said it before, Clay, but salvation is not just transactional. Yes, um, and sometimes we view that salvation as this thing we come and you know thank the Lord He He, he died on the cross for our sins. We get to be saved and go to heaven, but like you said, it doesn't influence the way that we live, and I think that mindset in general, it, we've completely missed the mark, yeah. uh, and, and when we talk about following Jesus, we're talking about, like the title of this book, practicing a way.
1: Yeah, a way of life that, yeah. that causes human flourishing, because it is the way of life designed by God himself to live in a world system that is currently under the domination of demonic powers. But see, Jesus has set us free from those demonic powers. He's disarmed those who will choose to live in the authority of Christ. and So we have the freedom in Christ to choose to live a certain way if we will deny the world, the flesh, and the devil and choose to follow the Spirit of God and say, Jesus is our model for living not not some dude in a, in a corporate you know this or that or, or the people on tv that we watch or the sports figures that we see like those are not the people we're pursuing we're yeah. not we're not pursuing what they pursue the lust of the flesh the lust of eyes the pride of life money fame whatever it may be like these are not things that we are pursuing we're pursuing the way of jesus because we believe that's the way to the kingdom of god and even human flourishing in the here and now um, you know the scripture Romans twelve two is one of my favorite Bible verses, uh, and but it's it's so essential to the, to what we're talking about because if you talk about the world, the Bible obviously the Bible says that God so loved the world, and when He talks about the world, He's talking about the people in it that are that are being conformed to this system. So He comes and give gives Himself for it, but it tells us not to also love the world, which is this corporate demonic system that, that entails the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it says that this system basically is structured in such a way that if you just leave yourself to it, it's constantly trying to put pressure on you and mold it into its image. But that's why Romans twelve two says says um, that we're to, we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. And to not be conformed to this world system, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove and demonstrate what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we find that in Christ Jesus. He is the good, the acceptable. He is the perfect will of God. And his way of life is, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Definite article. There's not other truths. There's not other ways. There's not other lives. He is the one. He mm-hmm. He is the only, and so that's that's what we believe as Christians. And and I think that you have to kind of come to, you have to come to that crossroads of, uh, am I am I going to be a nominal American Christian or am I going to become a follower of Christ? So yeah, and that's that's where a lot of us are at. And 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 you have to plot. You 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 got to look at your life and say what what do I want to be? I, I don't. I doubt that anybody would say. You know, I kind of just want to live a lukewarm Christian life and enjoy myself, and then come to the end of my life and realize that I was a pretty good dude for the most part, but I didn't really make any waves. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know that that's what we would want in the end. Yeah. I think we would want to be done and say, you know what? I live my life radically for God, and when I stand before Him, like I have something that that I can that I can say, Lord Jesus, you did this all through me, mm-hmm. but I was willing to yield to it and follow you. And, and and look at what you've produced yeah through in and through me,
0: I kind of sense that too, like it it seems that more and more people are are hungrier for that type of life, yeah and not just wanting to to go through the motions uh but really trying to to experience a, a real you know a real gospel and and not yeah. just something that we talk about on sunday mornings and it it seems that and maybe it's just because we're getting closer to the light, so to speak. Um, but it seems as if, you know, everything we're talking about, like, in culture, it's it's becoming abundantly clear that there are agendas out there. And that Absolutely. we're, we're trying, that the world is trying to conform us in some type of way. I think, again, maybe it's just with age or whatever, maturity. But even like when I was a teenager, I know that I was being influenced and pulled but it just seems like as I've gotten older, like those things have become more and more intense to a degree where it's just, it's like evil is, is just, it's right in front of us kind of thing. Yeah. And there's all these things that are pulling at us. And so I think, you know, you as a listener, you know, coming to an understanding right from the get-go and realizing that, hey, like, yes, we we are a disciple of something. Yeah. And we are being conformed, whether we think it or not, in some type of thing, and so asking the question and he poses that question in the beginning, is the life I'm living the life I most deeply desire? Yeah. And 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 depending on your answer to that, we have to make the the choice. Are we going to continue in this path and just let the world form us how it wants to, or are we gonna you know pump the brakes and say N- no we, we can't keep going this way we have to like the title we have to get so close to following jesus that the dust of his sandals yeah. so to speak is you know we're, we're becoming like him and we're we're being transformed in our everyday lives and we're we're again following a way yeah. not just this you know we okay, try to be Jesus. so much
1: like Jesus that his glory dust is on us i mean right. we we're trailing behind him, and his dust is getting on us yeah. and and that's 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 what we're looking for and um and and that's essential because you know just like what you said, I think you'd have to be under a rock somewhere to believe that some i mean the truth of the matter is there's been evil throughout history and various forms of evil and deeper levels of darkness. For various reasons but here in american culture that we've grown up in just in my you know 37 years you you, you do have to recognize that we are in a time clearly of moral decline just mm-hmm. in my 37 years america has been in great moral decline uh, the church has been in, in great decline uh, people who actually believe orthodox christianity and practice it uh has has been in decline those numbers are in decline but the good news is with that is that when that happens historically god moves powerfully so we're actually ripe for a true move of god yeah but a true move of god will not happen and it never does happen and never has happened without a group of people a person or a group of people that, that have consecrated themselves to God and says, we're going after this, and we're going yeah. to live this way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what this is a call to, that we want, we want it. Jesus didn't tell us to get people to say the sinner's prayer. He told us to go out and make disciples of all nations. And in order to make disciples of all nations, we have to point them to his life and say, that's, that's the dude that we're following right there. yeah So one, one thing that I think you know, that he discusses in here is that we, we all have an ideal life we aspire to, Uh, And when we find a person or an idea or system that seems to embody what we want, we follow them. We put our trust in them. Yeah. And, and, you know, in Christian language, we believe, we believe that's, that's it. And, you know, young people, I've never really gotten it much. Um, I mean, I follow people on Instagram, but I get on Instagram like once every couple of weeks. So there's some things that I like on there. And, uh, but, but some people actually follow religiously influencers. Now some people are Christian influencers, and you know that's positive maybe because because in a sense they they influence them toward Christ and and thank God for that. But the majority of us we look at people and people's lives, and we're sort of uh, um, I don't know what you'd say we're sort of inebriated sometimes with just like culture and celebrity and people that we look up to and. You know, just we get so lost in this stuff, and I, I don't know. I don't even know. I nobody has has ever come out to me recently and said, you know, this is the person that I'm that I'm like following, and maybe we probably do that subconsciously though, yeah, because we don't want to actually come out and and give it up that hey, I actually kind of idolize this person in this way of life. But we all have people, I think, that we do put on a pedestal and say that's the guy. But here's the thing: if we're Christians, see that's almost, that's a worship act mm. when you put your attention and your and your admiration on a person or a process or a way of life. That's there's there, there's a little bit of worship involved in that. And 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 what 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 he's saying is, okay, if you if we actually worship Christ, uh, then then there's there's a wildness about it. You know what I'm saying? Like we can get amped up sometimes for. Uh, our, our favorite sports team, but do you get that passionate about Jesus Christ himself? Yeah. I love this 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 person. He is God, and I want my whole life to be conformed to him. Yeah. And that's, that's what worship is. Uh, and I think sometimes we w- actually find that we worship other things and other people than we do Christ, even though we come to church on Sundays. Yeah.
0: I, I like what you said even in, uh, a couple weeks ago in one of your messages. Where you talked about you know um, the revelations that we get and the wisdoms that we get and the things that we adopt. You know, oftentimes come from other people, which is great. You know, to a degree. You know, there's obviously we're we're reading a book by this man here, and we're sure. you know we're we're learning things and, and growing, and we quote folks and, and different things like that. But you made it a point too, like Jesus wants to speak to you individually. Yeah. And so if if we're just going to other sources and other people as our means by which we hear from the Lord. And don't get yeah. me wrong; He can use other people Absolutely. to speak to you, but there's there's like a there's a personal relationship with just you and Jesus that needs to be yeah.
1: center as well. And a big part I'll say about this because uh, Drusy was joking around with me when I got done preaching Sunday, and she said, "Well, you really called me out, you know, because uh, you said." The people I read, you know, Charles Spurgeon, J.I. Packer. And I said, well, you know, that's that's people that I read. The, those are just names that came to my mind because, yeah. you know, I've been reading some, some J.I. Packer recently. I read a lot of different people, and I glean from them, and I thank God for it. But I think my point is this. I think what we do a lot of times is we glean content and information, and we get mental information but we never take it to the prayer closet. Mm. So so what I like to do is I like to study the Bible, I like to read books by other guys who have insight from scripture and I like to get that in my mind, but then I like I like to let it saturate into my heart, but then I have to go to the place of prayer where it's just okay God, I've received a lot of information, but I need you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and then there's something personal where maybe he sort of uses all of that and synthesizes all that information into a direct message to my heart personally. Yeah. And and not only that, then he just takes scriptures that, that that I'm reading through that just come alive to me. Like he's speaking some things right now to me personally that I'm about to preach on Sunday. And uh and and and, it, and it's for me, but it's also for the church. And so yeah, there's a synthesis of all this information that I've gathered. But at the same time it's a direct word from heaven for me personally. Yeah. Um, so so those things go hand in hand, but but he says in the book, you know, there's no problem in human life that apprentice to Jesus cannot solve. Mm. You know, I think I was talking to somebody this morning and and they were talking about uh counseling and how I do a lot of counseling and this and that and how much they appreciate some of the advice I'd given them or whatever. And they said, but you know, really the greatest advice you ever gave me was just to keep seeking God, to keep following Jesus. Because at the end of the day, you can counsel people and, and give them advice and give them direction. But transformation doesn't come until that person chooses to be a follower of Jesus and have intimacy with him. Yeah. Then if my advice and my preaching takes you into intimacy with Jesus and following him, then my, my, my goal has been reached. Yeah, and uh, and so it's not just I want you to have a bunch of information. Here's some quick tips on how to live a better life. Implement these and put these into practice. Uh, No, it's it's at the end of the day, it's about intimacy with Jesus, and that's what He invites us to. He says three of the most important words that are ever spoken in the annals of human history are "Come and follow Me." Yeah, because Jesus didn't come to invite people to convert to Christianity. He didn't even call people to become Christians. He invited people to be discipled under him into a whole new way of living, mm. and therefore to be transformed. Yeah. And so that's what he's inviting inviting us to is is an entirely new way of living. Living, and that's what this book is about. That's why it's called uh, practicing practicing the way. So, yeah. so you know, you we can move in there into into kind of the the first chapter there, um, and and look at some of what that says talking about apprenticing jesus he's this dude's from portland and so he's a little bit of a, uh, kind of a hippie and uh i don't know how i feel about the word apprenticing to jesus but it works nonetheless
0: you know i kind of like it yeah in a way it's because different. i like how he um he defines it at some point here but yeah it almost when when i think about the an apprentice you know my mind automatically goes to like like someone who's becoming like an electrician or something yes. like that,
1: and you're, and that's his point for
0: using that word yeah. language. Yeah, and the word I guess implies it, it's not just this um, loose like thing that we're we're doing, like hanging out, going to church, but it's it's it, it implies a a training a a a, a, yes. a set of practices that you are you're intentionally following behind this person to learn things that they're doing and and how they operate how they you know like if we are talking about an electrician you're learning how to do everything and and you're adopting what that teaching and you're applying it to your own life so that you can then go out and do that thing yes
1: and i think the difficulty there and, and why that word is good i'm just not used to using it but why that word is good and why he uses it instead of discipleship is this when we say the word discipleship, what we think about is sitting in a small group talking about the Bible. Mm. Yeah, that's what we think about. Mm. That's what we think discipleship. Matter of fact, when when I first started in ministry, I taught literally a discipleship class. Okay, yeah, discipleship is not a class. It cannot take place in a class. It's impossible. It's not just teaching. It's not just information. Uh, I even used to say in that discipleship class that discipleship is not a class. Yeah, it's it's a practice. It's a daily walk. Um, uh, you know, I'd also say discipleship. Salvation is free, but discipleship is costly. Mm. Uh, it's it it, it, co- it costs you something because you're doing something. But like you said, to apprentice someone is to get up, watch what he does in the morning. He's out here praying in the morning. I'm developing a prayer life like him. Uh, I'm, I'm fasting like him. I'm learning methods of solitude and spiritual practice like him. I'm learning how to hear from the Lord effectively. And then I'm learning how to evangelize. I'm learning how to follow the Spirit. I'm learning how to teach like this person and how they speak and, and what are their teachings, what are their doctrines. Uh, and, then, yeah. and, then, and then applying that in daily life, like you said. I mean, you are not going to learn how to be a good plumber just by reading a book on plumbing, you yeah. need to go out. Even doctors, what do they have to do? I mean, they have to go and set under a doctor before they actually can become one. They apprentice, yeah. in that sense. And so, an apprentice to Jesus is 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 not just reading a bunch of books and getting a bunch of information. It's it's learning the practices in their daily walk. Yeah. And, uh Another thing I'll say real
0: quick too is when you think about like if I'm going to apprentice under someone, I'm going to be looking for the best of the best mm-hmm. and the most qualified person to learn from. Yeah. If whatever that is. And with, and one of the first things he brings up here in this book talking about Jesus as rabbi is a lot of times we simply don't respect Jesus as a wonderful teacher. Yeah. Um, you know, we see him as a, a lot of different things, but in terms of just like a teacher, that's, a lot of times we don't view it like that. And, and there's a quote here. He actually quotes Dallas Willard. And he says, What lies at the heart of the astonishing disregard of Jesus found in the moment-to-moment existence of multitudes of professing Christians is a simple lack of respect for him. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes on to talk about a lot of different things, but Jesus was the man when it came to teaching, and, and, and he should be the standard by which, we're learning how to do life. There's no one greater than Him. He's at the top. Yeah. And and for whatever reason, yeah. That I guess that's why I like that word is because it it makes me think about that in terms of, okay, yes, I Jesus is is Savior and He He came to die, but yeah. it's also it's His life the way He lived, and it makes me look at Him as okay, this is a person. I'm learning how to do life from mm-hmm. I'm learning how to walk throughout this life by by modeling myself from the way he did things. Yeah. And that's something I don't think that we necessarily view Jesus as a lot of times.
1: Right. And and his his word and his truth is is to be above anybody else's like cuz you said out of respect, he's smarter than Richard Dawkins or yeah. Stephen Hawking or the greatest scientists. He's smarter. Than any politician, which most people would agree with that. But I have seen uh, recently, you know, Barna studies where they have questioned Christians, and you know, large percentages of Christians who answered a lot of different questions, they found their uh, worldview to be more in line with Karl Marx or Gandhi or Buddha or yeah. New Age religion religion type leaders. Um, then, then they actually found their worldview to be in line with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and I think we we just don't we don't always see we have some blind spots when it comes to that. But uh, Jesus being a rabbi, when he shows up, you know, he says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." But for 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 a teacher or a rabbi, that's what a rabbi was. They they had these. Um, these itinerant teachers that would essentially, you know, once they turn 30 years old or whatever, they followed under another rabbi and they've become wise enough to go and teach themselves. What's interesting is that Jesus did that and he was under no other rabbi <laughs> because he was under the teaching of the heavenly father himself. Yeah, uh, He didn't grow up under another rabbi. As far as we know, he lived, uh, you know, in his in, with his, his family and under the leadership of his father as a carpenter. You know, we don't know exactly what he was doing, uh, he was in the temple quite a bit, obviously. His parents left him back there one time when he was about 12 years old. But he doesn't go through the same educational processes that, like, the Apostle Paul went through. Yeah. The Apostle Paul went through the educational processes and excelled at each age as as a Jewish boy. And he even talked about that. Like, he was, he was he was studious in the law. He was blameless in the law. And he studied, he even says in the Bible, he studied under Gamaliel. That was his rabbi, and so by the time, uh, you know, the, by the time Paul was thirty years old, he was so astute in Torah and the teachings of the law and the prophetic works and stuff like that. Now he had developed a lot of his own teachings, and he could have been an itinerant rabbi himself, going around teaching and people following him and people following his way of life. But the problem was, is as we see in Scripture, like he was so uh, such a defender. Of what he believed to be, you know, the holy things of God that he saw Christ and the Christians as being in, you know, they were apostatizing against the Jewish tradition yeah. and blaspheming. Mm-hmm. So he persecuted them and killed them. He yeah. used the religious power he had uh, to do that until Christ Himself knocks him off of his horse and saves him. But, but they they, they grew up in that kind of a um, in in that kind of a culture.
0: And I think that's uh, kind of really interesting to note, too, and it kind of really convicted me in a lot of ways. When you talk about, the, the, like he mentions in the book here, mm-hmm. the system yeah. that these boys would go through. It's important, and, yeah. And, and at such a young age, they had, you know, they get the, so there's, I guess, different processes or whatever. You, you start studying, you go to teaching. And at at these different stages, these people had memorized not just, the, the Torah, the I mean, can you imagine mm. memorizing the first five books of the Bible? Yes. And then even further, the entire Old Testament.
1: Yes, yeah, so I mean, the Beth Sefer, which was the house of the book, which is essentially our elementary school. Um, you know, kids would start at five years old. The house of the book is what it would be called. But they, like you said, by the age of 12, they had the Torah memorized, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy.
0: That's mind-blowing
1: to yeah. me. And if... You know, at that point, if you're 12 years old, you had that memorized, uh, along with obviously other education. But that was that was the core of it. Um, then, and that's and, and they and they see they they drew wisdom from from that. It wasn't just hey, we're going to set memorize scripture. It it, they, it it became that which they applied to their lives. Yeah. Um, but. But uh, the vast majority of students at the age of 12 would go home, and then they would apprentice in the family business. They'd work the farm or do carpentry or whatever it is that they're doing. But if they had a lot of bright kids, they'd go to the second level of education, which was the house of learning. And like you said, by the age of 17, they'd have the whole Old Testament memorized. Most of us haven't even read the Old Testament. And by 17, they'd have it completely memorized. Yeah. And that's at the point where, like, for us, like I said, like a guy like Paul – Okay, he's 17 years old-ish, and he is so bright, so brilliant, that a guy like Gamaliel probably said to him, Hey, Paul, I want you to come follow me. You're going to take my yoke, my set of teachings, and you're going to follow me. And that's what everybody wanted. That was the best of the best that would go and apprentice under a rabbi. And uh he compared it like to getting into Ivy League school except much more exclusive. Yes, yes, even yeah. more exclusive. He said the rabbi would grill you on questions see if you pass the test. I like I said, how well do you know the Torah, what's your take on the Nephilim in Genesis six? <laughs> yeah. We't do a podcast on that yeah, for sure. uh, but uh but you know I so anyway, they're they're trying to to grill them, but uh, so you become uh one of the lucky few to follow your rabbi. And what's interesting about Jesus, though, is he didn't really pick the best of the best. Yeah, He picked a a variety, yes. Like, I mean, Peter probably was not a dude that other rabbis were like, hey, dude, come follow me. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys
0: Uh, probably had forgotten...
1: Matthew versus Matthew was a tax collector. He had capitulated to the Roman Empire like yeah. like he was just making money off of off all of his all the people around him yeah. and a uh, very smart guy but uh, you can tell based on the way that he writes very uh, meticulous uh, but but like he goes after all these guys yeah. uh, that you wouldn't fishermen, tradesmen, normal guys, tax collectors um and, he, you know, even Judas, who's, who's kind of in a, in, a, um, in a sect that is looking for a rebellion against the Roman Empire, the Issari, the sons of, of the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, um, there were three main things, three main driving, driving goals, to be with your rabbi, to become like your rabbi, and to do as your rabbi did, which I think yes. in Mark 3, when Jesus calls his disciples, he says he called them that they might be with him, that, you know, that first thing. So and that, that's a big part of it, like to be with Jesus. and, um, and that that was life just to, to, to spend all day every day um, with your rabbi and then to become like your rabbi. Of course Jesus said that the, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone who's fully trained uh, will be like their master. So he says they'd copy their their tone of voice, their mannerisms, their figures of speech. And I'm telling you man, you know, I've been I I've, I've been praying recently more, I think I've been trying to press in more deeply to prayer. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm I'm trying to read scripture to get to get uh, get me to a place where I'm I'm beholding the beauty of the Lord. I'm seeing Jesus Christ, his nature. And the thing that I notice, you know, I'm not much. I've still got some really big character flaws and the Holy Spirit is really pressing me on some issues and trying to purge some stuff out of me. But I do notice like the more I'm spending beholding Jesus and, and contemplating him and the things that he says and the life that he lives and, and I and that and that just is taking root in my heart and mind, I, I notice myself responding differently. Mm. I notice myself being more patient. Um, you know, I notice myself being more attuned in certain situations to people around me because when I'm not thinking when I get up and I'm not really following him, I'm just sort of letting the world take me where it wants wants Whichever way it wants me to go, I find myself getting impatient, yeah. angry, frustrated, stressed. stressed. Yeah, just carrying a different yoke Yeah, because I've not been with Jesus. That's good. And because I've not been with him, I'm not becoming like him. Yeah. And But when I've been with him, I notice, man, I'm starting to act a little, like like at least a little bit more like him. Yeah. You know, not maybe completely, but I'm getting, I'm getting closer to him. And then finally, our goal is to do as Jesus did. And um and so that's 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 where we're heading and that's where we wanna go for yeah. sure.
0: Kinda of moving into you touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but I really like this section on disciple as a noun and not a verb. Um and and I'm gonna read this section real quick. Um but it says If disciple is something that is done to you, then that puts the onus of responsibility for your spiritual formation on someone else, like your pastor, your church, or mentor. But if disciple is a noun, if it's someone you are or are not, then no one can disciple you but Rabbi Jesus himself. And I love that because... We re- and he talks about the language that we use. Like, you know, you hear people say sometimes, "Well, who are you discipling?" Yes, um, and 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 so we, as people, can sometimes uh, almost get get bitter in ways because we're placing this responsibility on other people to do something for us. Yeah, when at the end of the day, oh, and it's good to have people, obviously. But at the end of the day, a disciple of Jesus is not what's being done to us or what other people are responsible for doing, but it's about who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just really like that section because it it puts the ball in our court, and it really puts the responsibility upon us. You know, obviously you are a wonderful friend, mentor, and teacher. Yeah, but it it you're not discipling me like it's like a disciple is who I am and yes yeah. I can learn from you and grow from you and we're in this thing together. Yeah. But at the same time it's my responsibility to it's only Jesus himself. Yes. That's that's yes. the the source from which you know I'm I'm trying to become. When yeah. a lot of times we it whether we think about it or not, we're depending so heavily on other people and other sources.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, I've had great people in my life that have blessed me and helped me, and and um, and obviously they have been a great influence in my spiritual growth. Like I've had yeah. I've had um, three three great pastors that that I love very much um, and appreciate what they've poured into my life. Which he talks about the fact that. You know, people actually get bitter sometimes because their former pastors did not disciple them and, you know, or they didn't spend one-on-one time with them. And, of course, that's that's a very good thing to do. But that's what he says is you can't disciple somebody any more than you can Christian them or believer them or follower them. Yeah. It's, it's it's what you are. And I'll say this, you know, sometimes what happens too, because everybody wants a mentor and they think a mentor is the key to, to life and these, these types of things. And, and you, can, you can pursue somebody and follow somebody and glean from them, and that is a very positive thing. But, you know, even though I had these great men in my life that were good influences to me and I still go to them for, uh, for questions and, and that I have and, and for advice and, and, and sometimes to pour out my heart to or whatever, and, people, and they pour into me, man, and they care about me. One of the things that I've even noticed too, though, is if you could, if you get too stuck on your mentor and them discipling you, you start becoming like them more than you do Jesus. Yeah, and and that's that's a uh, I've done that. You know, like w- w- one guy that was a big major proponent early on in my life, dude. Like he was a he was a, just like a hard preacher. Yeah, and uh, like and so I you know what I tried to be just like him, So yeah. The problem was I'd try to preach as hard as he could. As hard as he did, and I blow my voice out, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I and that's a, a kind of a, a goofy little uh, analogy, but at the same time, the the point being is, thank God for the people that He puts in our lives to pour into us, to equip us, to help us, because there is an element of discipleship within that, yeah. without a doubt. Sure, but ultimately, like he said, the onus of responsibility is on me to make a decision to follow Jesus. He has given me His Holy Spirit. Mm. And I can follow Jesus. And yes, I can utilize the tools around me and the people around me and the relationships around me. But ultimately, I'm not following anybody else above me. I'm following Jesus alongside of my brothers and sisters who may have some wisdom that are going to help me follow Jesus in an even greater fashion. But, but Jesus is the one that I'm following, and it's not on them To make it happen for me, right? That that's the. It's not on them to make it happen for me. It is my responsibility to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I think that's 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 really what it comes down to. Is hey, it's your responsibility to follow Jesus. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to make that decision to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, to be an apprentice, whatever whatever you way you want to look at it, and so. Is that what you are? Um, are you, are you truly following Him? Are you, being with Jesus? Are you becoming like Him, and are you doing what He did? And that's that's going to be what we're going to go through this this semester. Yeah.
0: Amen. I think that's a good stopping point, my friend. Amen. It's been good.
1: Been well, we good. love you guys so much. We Look thank you for to
0: listening. Uh, hope you got something out of it. We're always here for you if you need anything whatsoever. But uh, yeah, looking forward to the the rest of this. And so we'll talk to you guys on the next one.